0: Hey y'all, it's your girl, Lavana, and it's time for another episode of Taking a Deep Breath. Once again, I am thrilled to take you on a journey of stories reflecting transitions and triumph because much of life is how we move from one phase to the next. And this podcast is an opportunity to reflect on the lessons learned through triumphs that are created when we look back at our journey. So come with me as we journey to discover life's aha moments through encouraging stories and shared experiences. Today's episode is historic. It's Black History Personified. This podcast features, along with myself, three U.S. Olympians. Joining today is the first U.S. female athlete to win an Olympic gold medal in the shot put at the 2016 Rio Olympics three-time Olympian Michelle Carter, and the 2020 Olympic finalist and 2023 World Championship silver medalist in the women's long jump, Tara Davis woodhall Ladies, welcome to taking a deep breath. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So I personally feel like my introduction didn't do justice to both of your illustrious careers. So I'm going to give you a chance to fill in any of the blanks that you want about your career, adding in some other accolades or even one of your favorite moments, because I know we usually let others do that for us, but no one knows our career stats like us. So I'll start us off. Not only am I a two-time Olympian and an Olympic silver medalist, I think my most favorite accolade is that I won my state championships by myself twice, scoring all the team, my team's points, and winning the state championships back in the 80s. That's my fun fact. Michelle, what about yours? Something you can add to it?
1: Oh, something that I can add? Well, I am an eight-time state champion. Um, I I, I held the state record in discus for Texas, and I was a national high school record holder in high school. So those are a couple of fun facts.
0: Awesome. Tara, oh, wow. you're yeah. up. <laughs> Okay,
2: hold on, hold on. You guys are way too cool for me. I guess my fun fact is I started this sport when I was four years old, and I feel like I've been at this sport for a very long time at such a young age. And I feel like my favorite moment in my career right now is making the Olympic team with my entire family watching.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's definitely exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I came up with this idea of this podcast called Endurance Beyond the Finish Line, Navigating the Inevitable End of a Track and Field Career. When I had a conversation um with my honey, Edric Floriel, Coach Flo, And he made mention to me, like, maybe you should get two athletes, one that has just transitioned out of the sport, and then one who is in the sport, but it's inevitable that they're going to have to transition. And so bingo, the light went off. Why not ask two Lady Longhorns to join me? (laughs) And so that's where the thought and the idea came with having you guys. And so I just thought maybe we can just have a little bit of a conversation about what this is like, because Michelle, you're newly out of the sport. Tara, you're in the midst of yeah. yours but knowing that it's coming eventually. I've mm-hmm. been out of the sport for years, but my transition from Lavana the elite athlete to Lavana a regular person was really difficult and took many years for me to get over that part. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious as to what your journey looks like. And so Michelle, I'm going to start with you and I want to ask you like can you share with us a defining moment? that you realized or you understood that it was time to step away from professional competition.
1: I always knew that around 2021 was going to be my last year. Number one, because I felt like I did it long enough. Like I didn't want, like my goal was to never just throw as long as I can. Mm -hmm. That was never my goal. So I figured after a few world championships, a few Olympic games, I was shooting for four, then I'll be done. And so, but Once COVID hit, that Mm -hmm. really kind of sped up that process for me. Mm -hmm. Being at home, and that was the first time I've ever sat down at home for an extended uh, extended period of time since I can ever remember. And so I knew that things were changing for me when I was okay being at home. And my family was wary about me because they were like, you have not been home like this ever. Like, how are you going to be okay during COVID? But I was like, Susie, homemaker.
2: I was able to (laughs)
1: in my own house and so over time I was like okay yeah this is it like this is it whatever happens after COVID what's going to happen if it goes any further if it doesn't I'm good either way but then as COVID came and gone and getting ready for the Olympic Games and I remember going to practice one day and I realized I said why am I here Mm -hmm. I was like, I really don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And there's a when you don't want to go to practice. Yes. And he's like, hey, I got to practice. But it was like a day I, I didn't want to be at practice, and I just didn't want to be at practice.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was like, why am I even here anymore? And that's when I knew I came to show y'all, we done done.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> I knew we were done, but now I know for sure that I was done. And I just had to kind of play out the rest of the season and and that was it that's all I did I'm like I gotta play this out because right now I know I'm done
0: so I have another question for you Michelle so did you feel did you feel like it was better for you to make that decision to be done because for example in my career I felt like I was pushed out I mean I was starting to get beat by people who never beaten me before and I I just couldn't move like I wanted to so I don't I still don't feel like that I ever ended it the way I wanted do you feel like you did? Yeah,
1: I mean, of course, I knew I was going out, but I also had an injury, too, that kind of forced me out, and I kind of came back if I wanted to, just to really end more on my terms the way that I would have liked to, but the thing is, I was going to have to move on, Mm. and I never wanted to be that person trying to hold on just for the sake of holding on, Mm. and... And so I I didn't want to get to that point where I'm realizing people who are beating me Mm. had never beat me before, and I'm still trying to beat them. I'm like, no, that time has passed. I am pushing 40. Let me not be the 42-year-old out here (laughs) talking about holding on to this dream. Like, I didn't want to be that person. So it was easy for me to get to that point. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're done. Let, Let me start... It wasn't me actually preparing myself. It was me preparing everybody else around me for my transition.
2: Mm,
0: that's good. That's good. Well, Tara, you're in the midst of, you know, yeah. like the height of your competitive life. And so how do you envision your life? I mean, I get it as elite athletes. We don't really like to think of it being over. But yeah. how do you envision your life be, um, beyond competitive track and field? And have you thought about what that looks like for you?
2: I of course, I've thought about what it looks like for me. And taking what Michelle said, COVID sat me down and COVID showed me a life without track and field. And I think, honestly, mm. for me, it was a blessing in disguise. My whole entire life was, has been wrapped around track and field it's like ever since I could remember. So having that one year, eight months of not thinking about track and field kind of saved it for me to keep on going and to keep you know, this is this is a dream that I wanna fulfill and this is like moments that I want, you know, selfishly. Mm. But I, you know, I honestly think if it wasn't for twenty twenty eight being in LA, I think Paris I would be done just because I don't know, I I see life outside of track and field and there it's so beautiful and I wanna start a family and I wanna, you know, travel the world. And I think you guys have set that an example for me. So I can do that. I see that you guys have beautiful families. I see that you guys are, you know, living your lives without track and field. And I don't think before we ever really saw that because everyone just kind of wanted to win. Wow. I I, I like that. I definitely
0: like that because I feel like I didn't, again, you know, I like to listen to you guys and then come back to my own journey and my own experience. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you guys have something that we didn't have and you can create your own brand while Mm -hmm. you're an athlete. And then Mm -hmm. you can continue along with that when you go into the next phases of your life. And Michelle, what challenges did you face during your transition and how did you overcome those, those challenges?
1: I think the biggest challenges I had was the emotions that you go through uh, once you retire from sports because you grieve. Mm. And I don't think we talk about the grief that comes because we act like we're so happy to be retired, Mm-mm. but there's a whole chunk of your life that's mm. gone. Yes. And even if you recognize it or not, you are grieving. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so going through that grieving process, being sad for no reason and you don't know why, but then also your body's on this clock that you've been on, well, at least I was on for 25 years, where around a certain amount of uh, time of year, my body's like, why are we still at home? Mm -hmm. Why are we not doing this? And then you see social media, everybody's doing this. And Mm I'm like, oh my God, like, what is going on? But just going through that grieving process of life that I once knew was over, Mm -hmm. and now I'm stepping into a whole new unknown world that I have to figure out, and I don't know how to do this yet.
0: Wow. Michelle, that is some good stuff right there. That is really good because grieving is exactly what it is. It, it, yeah. feels, it feels so hollow. It feels like, what am I supposed to do? I know for me, again, when, I, when my career was over, I just thought, wait a minute, I'm going to be somebody's wife? That's mm-hmm. it? Like, I'm just his wife? Mm-hmm. and now I'm going right. to be their mother, and <laughs> mm-hmm. now I'm going right. to have to go to the PTA meetings and just be regular Lavana and every once in a while bring out the silver medal to impress people, but it, <laughs> it's right. like so, like nobody talks to us or we don't talk enough about, you are going to agree.
2: Oh, I, you know, I try to take one day at a time. I feel like college taught me that very well, where I kept on looking for the future. I kept on trying to, you know, what's next, what's next, what's next, and I stopped living in the moment and that's where like life kind of slipped away from my hands a little bit. So right now I'm just kind of taking one step at a time and one meet at a time just because you know I'm never going to get these moments back and you know the future will be the future and I've kind of learned throughout my years of just like just stay in the moment and stay present cuz you've been wishing and dreaming of being in these moments and now you're not like now you're actually in them and you're just It's just going by as quick as light. So I kind of just, right now, I'm just trying to stay present because I've dreamed of all of this. So, Michelle,
0: I'm wondering what role did you think Identity played in your life for post-retirement? And how or did you manage those identity shifts?
1: I think for me, how I managed the identity I never just saw myself only as an athlete. I feel like I portrayed that I did other things as well. I kind of kept like, hey, there's Michelle, and then there's Sat Diva Michelle. Like, those are two different Michelles, right?
2: That's cool.
1: I've always had things that I was interested in that I held on to in the background, or I held on when I had time, because, I, I again, I have a, a point of view that is different from most people because I watched my dad play sports and retire. Wow. So I knew that there's life after sports. You just get to decide what you want to do. So I've never got caught up in the identity of, like, I'm only an athlete because before I became an athlete, I had other dreams and aspirations. And even while being an athlete in high school, I had other dreams and aspirations. It's just that I turned out to be so good in track that it took over my life. And then over time you do sometimes lose some of those dreams and those ideas because you're consumed with what's going on in life at the moment. Mm-hmm. But now I'm having a chance to revive those things that I once wanted to do and uh, now have the time and space to actually pursue them. Like I actually get the time to do things I only dreamt of doing, and now I have the time to do it.
2: Wow. I am, I am, I guess I, I have lived a, sort of a different life. I feel like my life was so wrapped up into track and field. So I was just the future Olympian Tara or the track star Tara. Just like, I never had, I feel like a life outside of track. And like, I did sociably, but I would still be considered the girl who's going to go to the Olympics or Tara, the track star. Like I, I just kind of, now learning that there is a separation like when I t- come home I do think about track but it's like not to an extent like I have all of that time to do that at the track like when you're at home like it's just trying to balance you know athlete and a normal person and it's so difficult because you know when you get home you can't just go eat a bag of chips and some chocolate and binge watch and binge eat, you know but I I think that my my learning how to, you know, turn the athlete slash person switch is I'm still learning. But social media has kind of helped a little bit because now I can be like Michelle said, the shot diva. And I can just be like Tara from Instagram or TikTok and just my normal self off, off social media.
0: That was really great information. I I I feel like there's a catch-22 when it comes to our sport, right? Because our sport requires, und- I mean, it's like a jealous girlfriend. It requires, or boyfriend, I should say boyfriend too. It requires like 100% from us. And so, you know, when you, when you think about the importance, and I think Tara said this really well, the importance of having mentors to guide you into this experience Michelle, who did you find was a great mentor for you? If you found anybody that helped you to guide you through this transition period, I'm
1: not going to say I had a, a particular mentor, but I just watched my friends as they retired from sport. Like when I came in 2008, by the time 2012, half of them were gone, and then you get a new batch, and you just people are cycling in and out the sport all the time. So I start asking questions for those who are about to retire those who have been retired, those who've been retired for a long time. Like, what did you do? What was it like? What was you interested in? Like, how did you make that move? And so I just started collecting information from people that I knew because I do believe, like, you can gain wisdom through other people's experiences, but it's not going to save you from any negative experiences. But Mm -hmm. I kind of had a better idea of what to expect and how to kind of handle it a little better than some might.
0: Okay. And then Tara, is there anyone that you look up to right now that you're gaining that guidance and that experience?
2: I mean, I've been watching you guys throughout my entire life. So, like Michelle, I've watched you on my counter from my house in Texas and my house in California. Like, so I feel like you have paved the way for me. I've also seen I'm Ivana Spovnik, the girl who won you know worlds this year in long jump, and she's. 34 32 right now and she's still at her top prime so I'm a little bit of me is like wow like you can still be on top when everyone so-called says like that your age is limited to 30 or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's it's not and it's just about how much hard work you want to put in and like I don't know I'm I I would say Ivana definitely and same with Brittany Reese she she went out on top and that is, I think that is super dope. And it doesn't matter when you leave the sport, as long as you feel like think you fulfilled your journey and your purpose. I think that's like what's most important about it.
0: And so Tara, do yeah. you feel that you're wanting to, are you watching your career to just figure out, I mean, like, are you wanting to go out on top or you're, you're just going to just let it flow and, and see how it works out for you?
2: You know, I I probably will end up just going out when my body says, like, let's be done. But that, I don't know if that's in 30 years or mm-hmm. in 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I feel like I am watching my highlight reel, you know, unfold. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, as long as I am satisfied that I have done what I wanted to do in this sport and there's no more left for me personally, mm-hmm. like, personally, not for others, then I think I'm good. Got it. Well, I have one more
0: question. So when you reflect on your career, what advice would you give to aspiring track and field athletes as they're starting to plan for that life? So Michelle, it would be the space that you're in now, the type of advice that you would give. or And for Tara, it would be leading to what the inevitable is when your competitive days are over. What advice, based on your life experiences, would you like to tell that next generation of upcoming you know texas track and field athletes or junior athletes that are starting to come up michelle
1: i kind of want to circle back real quick to something that tara said is that you want to end on your own terms Mm -hmm. and when you're ready i think that's important and i want to kind of bring that to that's what i would tell people like do things according to how you want to live life I've been in the sport for so long, especially in my event in the beginning when I first started, we weren't making a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and people weren't calling it a real career. Mm -hmm. And I've seen talented women end up leaving this because their family didn't believe in them. Mm -hmm. They had to go get married and become teachers and go get a real job type of Mm -hmm. thing. But was it really what they wanted? A lot of them would say no, right? But when you decide to take control of your own life, you get to make your own decisions. You have a sense of peace that nobody else can take away from you because it's what you wanted. It's how you wanted to end it. Now, we're not going to be ignorant to wisdom and advice. Like, we are going to want to take wisdom and advice. But at the same time, you know what you're capable of. You know what you want deep down inside. And it's up to you to answer the call that's in your heart, not to what others expect of you, not what others want from you. It's about what you want and what you're called to do in life.
0: That's good.
2: Absolutely. That is yeah. yeah.
0: That's really good. Tara?
2: You know, I feel like I've lived a lot of lives at this point, which is so weird to say at um twenty-five, because <laughs> I feel like I've lived just separate places at multiple times and I don't know. I would honestly say like these are the moments and these are the moments that like you have just either prayed about or wished about or just saw a glimpse of someone else doing it and said, wow, I wish I could be doing that right now. And you actually are. And life goes by so freaking fast and just slowing down and just being in the moment and having fun. Everyone sees that I'm having fun out there is because I truly am having fun because this is what I like to do. This is how I you know, express my feelings, express my emotions. And I say this all the time. Like, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? And this sport is so mentally draining, obviously physically, but mentally. And it's so easy just to get, like, stuck in a rut because this sport has, like, you're not seeing the results that you are working for. And it's just like your time is coming. Just keep on working for it. Like, and I don't know, just never give up on what you truly love to do.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I remember Coach Flo always saying that, you know, he had to release you and let you just be who you are. I mean, that's who you are on the track, that happy-go-lucky, crazy, (laughs) energy-filled, drawing from the, you know, from the fans type Mm -hmm. person. And that is your, that's your superpower. Yeah. And and Miss Shot Diva, yeah, we, we love that. I mean, in my era we didn't see throwers who were glamorous and, you know, poised in that way. And so it's been fun watching your career. And ladies, I appreciate the both of you coming on and giving some insight and encouraging me. I, I just love that part about grieving because <laughs> I think that is just so fantastic to just recognize the realities of life. And you just walk through it, and uh, yeah, it's great that young people have you guys to look up to. So I thank you so much for joining me, and I I so look forward to connecting with you and encouraging together all of us, encouraging the next generation of athletes
2: awesome thank you so much yeah thank
1: you for having yeah thank you for having me and having atara as well like we appreciate what you're doing yep and the support you've given us over the years and us reconnecting and making things like this happen
0: yeah absolutely good ladies all right well thank you hook them hook them horns baby